a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Welcome to the 2 o'clock hour, the final hour of today's episode. You know, next week, I I know I do that annoying thing where I count all the episodes. Uh, Well, today is 194. Uh, That means next week, uh, you and I together will celebrate uh, episode 200. Very much looking forward to that milestone. And I thank you uh, for being part of the ride that got us uh, this far. Uh, Here's to uh, many, many hundreds of episodes more. Looking forward to uh, growing this friendship between us here on KSL News Radio. Uh, I want to talk to you right now about some other big news that came out over the weekend. I, I think we had a pretty good idea that this was coming well before Saturday, but uh, the president had announced ahead of Saturday that he would be making it known his decision uh, to his his decision to nominate someone for the Supreme Court of the United States to fill, of course, the vacancy left by the now late uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. He said that uh, from the Rose Garden on Saturday that he would take to the microphone and announce uh, his nominee for Associate Justice. And he came through. At about 3 o'clock Mountain Time, there was President Trump in the Rose Garden. And uh, I've been to the Rose Garden before. It is not a very large area. You know, you you see on TV, it looks pretty broad and expansive. And when the camera pans out these days and they have the reporters all spread out, uh, that's deceiving. It is not a very big area. And while I'm on this tangent, uh, nor is the House of Representatives, the the floor where the members of the House uh, gather each day. That is not a very big area. Uh, place And so if you think, say, on State of the Union Day, when you see the president addressing uh, a joint session of Congress, uh, the, the Senate and House members all crammed in there, along with the uh, justices in the Supreme Court and the Joint Chiefs of Staff and all the all the guests that are there. That is a lot of people crammed into a small room. I've been there uh, before uh, for a joint session, and it is uh, it, it's remarkable. Anyway, I digress. The president on Saturday announced uh, that Amy Coney Barrett would be his selection to uh, to nominate to the Supreme Court. And we uh, have learned uh, subsequent that Lindsey Graham has announced uh, the, the first hearing to take place on the 18th of October. So uh, that's coming up here pretty quick. Senators have uh, not much time to get to know uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Well, that's not exactly true. That's not exactly true. They've had a long time to get to know her. And in fact, uh, it was only just a few years ago that she passed through a similar process as she was nominated then by President Trump to serve on a circuit court of appeals uh, where she was, (laughs) the Senate at least, gave its advice and consent to send her to that court. Uh, And so she has been through uh, Senate. She's been through uh, Senate confirmation in the past. Uh, And so she uh, will commence that again uh, on the 12th of October. But, uh, you know, the stakes are different now. And the the types of cases and the level of cases that she will now uh, be expected, should she be confirmed a member of the Supreme Court, uh, will be vastly different. And so the senators, uh, especially those on the Judiciary Committee, will be uh, looking to meet with her one-on-one, at least the Republicans. 
A number of Democrats, including uh, Senator Blumenthal, have made it known that they have no intention of meeting with this nominee because the the, the whole process is uh, is no good and it's invalid and it is uh, is a terrible deal. And for those reasons, not going to meet. That that that's terrible. That that's awful. And I sure hope that uh, that most. Uh, Democratic senators with the responsibility to vet this candidate will take that responsibility seriously, regardless, regardless of how they feel about the timing. Anyway, Mike Lee has made it known that he tomorrow afternoon will be meeting with Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, We have spoken to the senator about uh, Justice Barrett uh, in the past, uh, Judge Barrett, I should say, at, at this stage, and he was very optimistic uh, about uh, both her her chances of being nominated, and then her chances of being confirmed by the Senate. So he'll have some one-on-one time with her. Uh, Producer Amy right now is working with the senator's office to line up an opportunity to speak to her. Uh, I'm sorry, to speak to him, Senator Lee, either before or after that uh, conversation, that meeting uh, with Amy Coney Barrett. Anyway, uh, back to the, oh, I just got word, uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll be speaking with Senator Lee. So he uh, will let us know. What I'll ask him is uh, what 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 do you hope to learn uh, that we don't already know? What will you be asking? And in fact, let me just on the fly come up with a little uh, request uh, of you. Would you get on the cell phone now? As, as long as you're not driving, five seven five zero zero. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Would you send me some suggested questions that I could pass along uh, to Senator Lee? What would you like to know about Amy Coney Barrett that you don't already know? Right. So there, there's much about her uh, that we do know. Uh, what? that you don't yet know, would you like uh, revealed? What would you like Senator Lee to ask uh, this uh, Supreme Court nominee? 57500. Let's go to uh, the introduction of uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Again, this taking place uh, just the, the day before last, Saturday afternoon, in the Rose Garden, uh, President Trump uh, making the announcement. Amy is more than a stellar scholar and judge. She's also a profoundly devoted mother, Her family is a core part of who Amy is. She opened her home and her heart and adopted two beautiful children from Haiti. Her incredible bond with her youngest child, a son with Down syndrome, is a true inspiration. If confirmed, Justice Barrett will make history as the first mother of school-aged children ever to serve on the U.S. Supreme Court. And here, President Trump goes into detail on the kind of judge that uh, he believes Amy will be once she gets the seat. Law and order is the foundation of the American system of justice. No matter the issue, no matter the case before her, I am supremely confident that Judge Barrett will issue rulings based solely upon a fair reading of the law. She will defend the sacred principle of equal justice for citizens of every race, color, religion, and creed. Congratulations again to Judge Barrett. I know that you will make our country very, very proud. You heard the president there use, uh, you know, that series of uh, words that we hear so often. uh, And he did so in making his claim, uh, sharing his belief that Amy Coney Barrett, should she be confirmed a member of the Supreme Court, uh, would make decisions uh, that were fair for every race, uh, religion, color and creed. The inclusion of that word uh, religion there and President Trump's belief that Amy Coney Barrett uh, will operate fairly. Uh, regardless of religion, is important. 
Uh, and I don't think that the inclusion of that word was accidental. If you remember a, a brief conversation uh, you and I had just last week, it stems from a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing in 2017, specifically the hearing that Amy Coney Barrett was subject to as she was uh, questioned by senators after being nominated by President Trump to the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, Diane Feinstein spoke in very aggressive terms about the involvement of religion, specifically the Catholic religion and its dogma, uh, according to Senator Feinstein, in the decisions made by Amy uh, Coney, Coney Barrett. It was jarring, it was unsettling, and it hinted at something akin to a religious test, something that is not the American way. We don't have religious tests here. We don't have religious tests here in this country. Now, that exchange took place three years ago, uh, and we have since, I I believe, uh, made it known to Senator Feinstein. I I certainly have from this microphone, and others I know have reached out to her, letting her know that this that uh, line of questioning was was out of bounds to include Utah Senator Mike Lee uh, immediately afterwards. Uh, let it be known his displeasure there. Now, we have yet to see attacks of that nature against Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, but right now there's a, a, a real insightful uh, warning uh, published in the opinion page of USA Today. And uh, it reads, Amy Barrett, if Democrats attack her over People of Praise membership, they'll regret it. Now, People of Praise, uh, that is a community uh, with Catholic beliefs described by the opinion columnist as a charismatic ecumenical community called the People of Praise. You can look that up uh, and see what you feel about that. But uh, the claim here made in the opinion piece, and I would add my voice uh, to it, that no good will come from attacking Amy Coney Barrett for her uh, religion, regardless of where you stand uh, politically, uh, attacking her on that matter is wrong. Okay, uh, we have countless uh, both Supreme Court justices, uh, past presidents, uh, countless elected officials who have been very strong in their personal religious beliefs and have been able uh, to operate objectively and with a clear focus on the task at hand. There, no good uh, can come uh, from attempting to discredit Amy Coney Barrett on the basis of religion. Uh, I've got to go to break right now. When we return, uh, we're going to have a conversation with Tina Cannon. Uh, she is uh, currently a county council member. She is a former uh, candidate for Congress. She's also the 2018 Mother of the Year here in the state of Utah. And she asked a question recently. How are conservative women treated in the press? How will Amy Coney Barrett be treated in the press? Will she receive different treatment because of her conservative status and because she's a woman? Uh, we'll speak with Tina Canna on that front next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We're continuing our conversation regarding the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court by President Trump this past Saturday from the Rose Garden. Uh, her family was there, all seven of her children, two of whom adopted from Haiti uh, there as well, her husband. Uh, and in the audience was the, the widow of the late Justice Antonin Scalia, Maureen Scalia, uh, was there. It was uh, quite an affair. And I'm sorry that I wasn't able to be there myself because the, the, the spirit seemed sweet and the attitude of this uh, potential justice was uh, an impressive one. 
not only as you consider her background, uh, but also as you see her speak uh, so fondly of her family, uh, the family that uh, she has raised. I mentioned seven children. Uh, That is no uh, small feat. Um, And I uh, admire her all the more for having the career she has had up until this point uh, and likely beyond uh, with uh, seven children. You heard President Trump mention as he introduced Amy Coney Barrett that she will uh, likely be the first. I think that's confirmed. We'll have to do a little bit of digging. She'll be the first uh, sitting justice to have school age children, young children, uh, as uh, she has. It's an interesting thing. Anyway, as I, as I was pondering uh, Amy Coney Barrett and looking back and forth over the different media coverages of uh, first the predicted announcement and then ultimately the actual announcement by President Trump that she would in fact be the nominee to fill the vacancy left by Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I uh, encountered a Facebook post uh, from a name you recognize, Tina Cannon. Uh, Tina Cannon ran for Congress this past year, uh, also uh, currently is a member of the Morgan County Council and the 2018 Utah Mother of the Year. Uh, Tina joins me on the line now. Tina, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for the opportunity, Lee. Well, thank you for for making yourself available. The the reason I have you on the line here is I saw this Facebook post, and it uh, it says uh, regarding Amy Coney Barrett and how successful conservative women are treated in the press. You go on to then uh, share some of your uh, attitudes on this point, some of the things that you hope, and some of the things that uh, you hope are, are not done as uh, the life and the career of Amy Coney Barrett uh, are covered in uh, in the press. L- let me ask you first and foremost, h- how are successful conservative women treated in the press these days? Well, I think what is interesting about the narrative is I am a woman who follows politics and, and especially um, governmental policy on tax. That is my career. So I tend to follow these things. And I'm old enough to remember back to the, the confirmation of both Sonia Sotomayor and Elena Kagan. So I, I'm I am struck as a woman when other women women are nominated what the process is. So I do remember all of the narratives and the stories that were that were told about them in the press. So when this nomination was coming forward, I started watching it early. I had actually done some research on who all of the possible nominees were and and Amy Coney, Coney Barrett was my pick. I was excited to as the rumors started circulating that this is who the president was going to to pick. So I had done some research on it. So I had some background going in. Um, So I was watching for those narratives and those stories. And I think what is the most telling is what's missing from the narrative. And so many times this happens with conservative women. What most people know is that Elena Kagan and Sonia Sotomayor and Ruth Bader Ginsburg were all liberal justices. But what that does tell you is of the nine justices, 30% were women, and zero of that percentage were conservative women. So I would think the narrative would be about that. Is it appropriate when we're discussing um, faith, family, to have a woman's perspective, a mother, and a mother of a special needs child at that, to be part of that conversation? Now, I also understand Amy, um, Connie Barrett's perspective on judicial. So I know she won't bring that to bear the same way that the left might expect her to bring it to bear. But if I give them the narrative that you want different perspectives to be at the table, then I would think that a woman who is a mother 
a, a successful wife and mother, her voice is just as relevant to this discussion. And that's the part of the story that I feel like is missing in the press. They immediately pivot to her faith and her family, but they don't talk about, is that a perspective that is needed? I think it is. How will, do you believe, she be treated once the hearings commence? Uh, Lindsey Graham, Senator Graham, has announced that October 12th will be the commencement of uh, of her hearing before the Senate, before it goes then to the full floor, uh, when... Uh, you know, the, the last justice was nominated. Uh, it wasn't so friendly for uh, him or his family. Will, uh, <laughs> is that an understatement? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you think things will go for uh, for Judge Barrett? Well, I have heard the threats of, of Democrats to not show up at all, and I think that's a great plan at this point. should go smoothly. should be a lot easier road for everyone if that's what happens. I like this plan. But I don't anticipate that that's what will happen. I am hoping not to see a repeat of, of what Diane Feinstein called um, or said in the, the dogma lives loudly within you. That, that comment, I, I think, is unbecoming of a senator, especially a senator of faith as well. Um, so I, I would hope to see questions on her judicial theory, on, on all of those um, yeah, just the, the, the merits. You would, the you would expect, to, yeah, the merits of a justice that you would expect to see, and yeah. those are the questions. Those are the conversations that are missing from the discussion. Now, you see immediately one of the interesting things that I saw from CNN in the comments by Jessica Snyder is she made the comment that that Judge Barrett put her children front and center or made sure that her children were front and center. And I think that's a fundamental misunderstanding of who she sees herself as as a woman and that her children and her family are a very important part of her life. And they do these things together as a family, as a unit. And that is, that is a trait to be admired, not one to be mocked or belittled or, or treated as a campaign tool. Right, right in some ways, that it's really a reflection of who she is. But I'm hoping that we see a lot of conversation over how she interprets how and her, her judicial philosophy. Those questions are what are appropriate for the hearings. Yeah. And I think she has the intellect and the fortitude to be able to stand up to those questions and to explain herself well. Very good. Uh, we'll have to leave it at that, let you have the final word there. Tina Canna, thank you so much for uh, your perspective on this and your views, and I'm anxious to see what moves forward. I do think, though, you mentioned uh, Senator Feinstein's uh, questioning during that uh, that confirmation hearing back uh, years ago when she was nominated to the Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, I have a feeling that there will be very little conversation about the religion of Amy Coney Barrett in the hearing center I, I, setting. I believe uh, that Senator Feinstein received some pretty significant backlash, uh, not only from uh, Republicans and conservatives, but also from uh, liberal Democrats who just viewed her approach, uh, her reference to observing dogma in the findings of this judge uh, to be uh, in poor taste and specifically uh, and most practically, uh, tactically ineffective. So we'll have to see how it shakes out. I bet you we'll see on October 12th. But right now, my prediction is that religion will not be much of a topic during that hearing. Uh, I'm late for a break. Before I go, though, I have to tell you, when we return, uh, I'll be joined uh, by my old boss, First Congressman 
First District Congressman Rob Bishop. A friend of mine just sent a photo, uh, and here about 100 days before the end of this Congress, uh, there is some... Uh, there's some tidying up of the office going on, uh, to put it lightly. The congressman is packing up some memories, uh, and I want to uh, look inside this day of his. Now, 97 days uh, before the end of his congressional career. Rob Bishop, next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.